Colossians 2, 11 through 13. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. And that next passage actually is Romans 6, 3 through 11. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died to sin... For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we turn our hearts to you now this morning, and we trust in your power to be poured out mightily in this room this, this morning. God, we ask you to touch every heart deeply and powerfully, God, today. We pray that your word would go forth with your anointing and with, with your power. God, we pray that your word would go deep within us and bring healing and repentance and salvation and change and encouragement, all the things that we need so desperately in our inner persons. God, we commit this time to you and we praise you that you are here. God, we praise you that you are here to save and heal and help and encourage and work in a mighty way. And we thank you ahead of time for the mighty way that you are going to work here this morning. Amen. Well, I am so glad that you're here this morning. And I believe that God has given me a word for us all today. Uh, but it is a word that is especially for those who will be baptized. So I, I beseech all of you to just open up your hearts and minds and ask God to give you um, a spirit of revelation and understanding, uh, especially for those who are going to be baptized. I, I ask you to, uh, to just ask God to speak, speak to you, as it were, directly today by his spirit. Jesus Christ invites us to come and die so that we may find out what it means to really live. If your life is not working out the way you hoped it would, Jesus invites you to a new life in him. He said, whoever 
would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Entering the kingdom of God is like dying and then being resurrected. It is like losing your old life and then gaining a new and better life. But it is more than being merely like that. There is a real death that takes place in us and a real life that is born in us when we get connected to Jesus Christ through faith. And any religious experience that does not involve this inward dying, any religious experience or spiritual experience that does not involve this inward death and resurrection with Jesus is incomplete and leaves people disillusioned, disappointed, and still not saved. We are not inviting anyone here to get religion. The gospel invites us to a death that liberates us from our old life and to a new life with power and desire to please God. When we are genuinely united with Christ, there is something in us that dies. The Bible calls it the flesh, not our physical body, but our old self. Our old self, which was inclined to sin or prone to sin, to ignore God and to do things our own way. But Romans 6, 6 says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Everybody here knows that Jesus was executed by crucifixion. Well, when a person is united to Christ, an invisible but powerful spiritual crucifixion takes place in their life. There's a powerful crucifixion of their old life is put and that is put into effect. This is not a bad thing. This dying, this death is not a bad thing or a sad thing. Romans 6, 7 says, the one who has died has been set free from sin. This death with Jesus loosens sin's grip on our life. It releases us from the powerful hold of things like anger and hatred complaining and grumbling, gossip and slander, jealousy and envy, resentment and bitterness, pornography and sexual sins of all kinds, pride and selfishness and self-pity, addictions to alcohol and drugs and other things, and all kinds of sins like these. This death with Jesus frees us from all things that wage war against our souls and work to destroy us. And we do have an active part in this. We are told to consider, as believers, once we are united with Jesus, we are told to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. We are told to put off the old self or the old man. But the power that crucifies or kills the old self comes from being united with Jesus. Romans 6, 
which we just read, it says, we have been united with him in a death like his. We have been buried with him and our old self was crucified with him. When you are united to Christ, you are no longer content to go on living in sin. Your, your death with Jesus actually impedes your ability to keep on sinning. 1 John 3, 9 says, no one who is born of God will continue to sin or continue to practice sin because God's seed remains in them and they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Doesn't mean we're perfect, doesn't mean we never sin, but the, the power of sin has lost its power to dominate us. Your death with Jesus also frees you from the world and from having to conform to the world and from having to please the world. When you are united with Jesus, the world regards you as a stranger and an outcast and you're just fine with that because you died. You died to the world. As Paul said, I have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to me. Charles Spurgeon said, a corpse is not welcome company. He is a poor company for worldlings, and they shun him as a damper upon their revelry. 1 Peter 4, 4 says pretty much the same thing. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. So your death with Jesus frees you from the world and having to conform to the world and to please the world. It is impossible to be truly united with Jesus and not be united with him in this inward death to sin and the old self. But being united with Jesus is not only about dying. God births within us a new and powerful life. In Jesus, for the first time, we become fully alive. In Jesus, for the first time, we become fully human in the sense that God created us to be human beings created in his image. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. This new life is nothing less than God himself coming to live in you by his spirit. God pours his spirit into our hearts and forms Christ in us. William Law said the one thing absolutely essential to man's salvation is the spirit of God living and working in the spirit of man. Jesus said no one can enter God's kingdom unless he is born of the Spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. John Piper said, flesh in John's gospel simply means human. <laughs> so Jesus is saying, your human birth makes you merely human. But when you are born of the Spirit, then a new dimension of spiritual life enters into you 
spiritual life, new loves, new inclinations, new allegiances, a new person is born. Without this new birth, without God himself entering into your heart, without the Holy Spirit coming in and making you a new person, all we have left, without that, all we would have left is religion with no power and no life. All we have left is our, without the Spirit of God, all we have left is our own efforts to be a better person, to clean ourselves up. But Christ calls us to a, a supernatural life, a life that is impossible for us to live on our own. He calls us to a life of loving our enemies, of forgiving those who offend us and sin against us. He calls us to a life of always rejoicing, even in our hard times and trials. He calls us to a life of always giving thanks in all things, of exalting and rejoicing in our trials, of singing and making music in our hearts to the Lord. He calls us to a life of loving and honoring and serving others. He calls us to love God, to be pure and patient and kind and all kinds of things like that. And this is a life that can only come from the Spirit of God invading your heart. As Jesus said, you must be born again. We must be born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. We must have new life to live the new life. And Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone unites him or herself to Christ by faith, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If we are in Christ, we are not trapped in our past. We are not trapped by our past. We are not trapped by other people or by parents or family or by the circumstances of our past. We are not bound by what we used to be. Christ makes us so new that it is like being a new creature. But it's really, that, that's really not a correct statement. It is not like being a new creature. It is being a new creature, being a new person. But all these, although these changes are so dramatic, this inward death, this, this inward infilling of the Spirit of God in our spirit, although these changes are so dramatic, the way into this new life is not complicated. You must realize that you are broken and need to be fixed, that you are broken and need to be put back together. And you must be willing to turn from your old life of sin and all that has damaged you and turn from the sin that has put you in a situation of judgment before a holy God. And then you simply turn to the Lord and you call out to the Lord to save you. You cry out to him to save you. Romans 10 says that whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so you go to Jesus, you come to Jesus, you trust in Jesus, you ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and to enter into your life and make you a new person. 
Well, God gave baptism to us as a picture of this inward spiritual work of death of the old self and of the new life Jesus gives us. Colossians 2 says that we have been buried with him in baptism in which we were also raised with him. Romans 6, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And although baptism is an outward expression, I mean, we're going to do something very tangible, something that, that everybody who's going to be baptized is going to know they were baptized. They're going to get wet. It's something that you're going to see. It's something they are going to experience. The experience of baptism can have a powerful effect upon us. And I'm praying for that this morning. For, the, for those of you that are going to be baptized, pray this, this would leave a powerful and lasting effect, that this would, this would leave a, 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 an experience that you'll never forget, that it will, that it will change your life. <coughs> Baptism confirms and clarifies in our hearts the real spiritual action of dying with Jesus and being raised with Jesus. You know, praising God is not really complete until you actually open your mouth and sing or shout. Gratitude is not really complete until you actually give thanks. Your marriage ceremony is not quite complete until you put the ring on your finger and signify to everyone that you're married. Baptism is God's designated activity that formally expresses your union with Jesus. It's not just a church activity, not just a tradition. God gave it, Jesus commanded it, it came right from heaven. It's something for us to do directly from God. Baptism is an outward certification that you died with Jesus. It is an experience that you can always look back to and say, I was buried with him, with Jesus, in baptism. Baptism is also an announcement that you have been raised up out of that grave. Everyone who is baptized this morning will come up out of the water. Paul said, having been buried with him in baptism, in baptism you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Those who are going to be baptized this morning, you can always look back to your baptism and say, I was raised up with Jesus Christ into a new life. God made me a new person in Jesus Christ. Your baptism is a bold assertion of your faith before others. There's lots of people that are going to see you be baptized today. You are openly expressing your union with Jesus before people. You're saying, I'm with Jesus, and Jesus is with me. I am united with Jesus. You are saying, I am a follower of Jesus, no matter what others think, no matter how I may be treated for it, no matter what the cost may be now or ever, I am a follower of Jesus. In many places, even today, baptism leads to persecution and rejection by family 
and society. But if, you're, if you are in Christ, you are making a statement, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. And finally, your baptism identifies you with the people of God. At baptism, you are saying, God's people are now my people. This is now my family. Sure, you're still going to have your blood relations and family in that sense, but there's an even deeper bond now that you have with the people of God because these people are now your spiritual brothers and sisters. You have been raised up out of your old life to a new life with Christ and you are joined to the family of God. You're joined to other people who share in that new life. And there's, there's nothing like the preciousness, the sweetness, the closeness, the communion of other brothers and sisters who love Jesus just like you do and are united to Jesus just like you do. You are. And so baptism is, is, an, is an expression publicly declaring that you are in the family of God, that this is your, this is your family, these are your people. All right, let's pray.